Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Uh, okay, so Hallmark stories are coming in. I just got one sent to me. Uh, daughter of a mean hedge fund owner in New York City forced to move to a tiny Rocky Mountain town of North Pole, Montana, where rumor has it Christmas was invented. It's her job to scout new locations for a logging company that would force the people of North Pole to move to, to the city. After meeting the young but rich mayor, Christopher, she begins to learn the true meaning of Christmas as well as a few of his secrets. His grandpa Christopher, is Santa. <laughs> Chris Kringle. She pivots the logging company to become a toy factory and saves the North Pole. Now that is pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. On the Brandon Moving and Sorts Hotline, we find our friend from CBSSports.com, Barrett Salee, who I'm guessing, Barrett, this is not a shot because I'm a fan. You probably like Hallmark Christmas movies. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, I do. That last one sounded like the sequel to the sequel to the spinoff of Santa Claus, <laughs> honestly. Yes, um, I liked it. Yeah, I love every Christmas movie. I am all about uh, Christmas in July, April, whenever. Uh, I am. I love all of that. I, I will say this. I love every Christmas movie except The Christmas Story. That is the most overrated piece of garbage I've ever watched. Wow. I'm marinating on this. It's, it's a, not good. It's a classic. It's not, it's it not good. The Bumpus is dogs. They eat the they eat the turkey, I mean the little brother and all, and all the clothes, the the lamp, the leg lamp. I mean it's a, iconic. The kid drops an f bomb in front of his dad yeah. while they're changing the tire. Yeah. Eh, not interested. Hmm. Overplayed. It is overplayed. Yeah, they don't mean it's bad. You must hate it's a wonderful life too. Then you <laughs> communist. No, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful life. It's tremendous. But it's that also overplayed. Die Hard. It's my favorite. Overplayed. Is Die Hard great? The Die Hard is a Christmas movie question is overplayed. Like, at this point, you either think it is or you don't think it is. We don't have to have the discussion every single year whether it is. What's not, your right? favorite Christmas uh, movie? Christmas Vacation. Okay. I can't argue Christmas with that. Christmas Vacation no. is my favorite. And I tell you what, like, I know that it's not up there, but Office Christmas Party hits every single time. I haven't seen it. I need to watch it. Really? No. I need to. Uh, I, guess really? I, I guess now, I'm old school. You, you, you know what's really good, hmm. which I I don't think people have caught on to yet because it's brand new, but 8-Bit Christmas, which is the, the Neil Patrick Harris, uh, it's the original, uh, it's on uh, HBO Max, it's an HBO Max original. Yeah. It is, 8-Bit Christmas is, for, for people that are my age, like, or around my age, like I'm 41 right now, mm-hmm. it is awesome because it captures everything about the mid to late 80s being a kid in the mid to late 80s it's awesome i'll watch neil patrick harris do darn near anything i mean i'm I'm, I'm still having a hard time getting over (laughs) (laughs) i'm having a hard time getting over his scene in gone girl but generally speaking i'll watch the guy do anything so anyway that's brutal oh gosh Uh, christmas looking for the nintendo when the nintendo came out Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. I'm gonna, Highly recommend it. I'm going to put both those on the list. I like it. Uh, tonight we have an event that is raising money for a local organization called Youth Home, and they help uh, house and educate young people who are at risk. And we've been doing this for years. It's a Christmas karaoke event. And so we have local TV celebrities. We've had politicians come, and then the idiots up here like John Neighbors and myself, Wes, others, 
sing at uh, the event, and we raise money somehow, some way, because people take pity on us and give money to the charity. I know you have been known to uh, show up in a karaoke bar at SEC Media Days. What's your go-to jam? So my go-to jam is uh, Miss New Booty by Bubba Sparks. And if you look on my Twitter page, my life, you can see one John Neighbors participating uh, in that, not only this year, but uh, I think four years ago. Mm-hmm. We, uh, you can also find John Neighbors and myself on stage uh, with Outcast Bombs Over Baghdad, which is a, an impossible mm. song to sing yeah. to karaoke. But uh, I am not about like the, the, the showing off my talent because I don't have any. So I, I want to go for like a uh, degree of difficulty. Yeah. And Bombs Over Baghdad is solid. And Miss New Booty is just a fun song that everybody can sing. The hardest song in America to sing is Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. And I saw Pat Bradley try to pull that off one night in Memphis at Silky O'Sullivan's, which is not even a karaoke bar. It's a piano bar. And he got the pianist to let him step up on stage to try it. He made it through a bottle of red, and then he got lost. But that whole part where it really kicks up, I mean— I don't even know if Billy Joel knows all the words of that song. That is the hardest song in the world to sing. And who throws that little thing in the middle of that song? It's like this sweet kind of nice romantic song. Then he throws in this whole crazy story. Bam. Yeah, it's just uh, – anyway, don't attempt that one at a karaoke. It's way too long anyway. That one in the I Meatloaf would, song. I will say this. Yeah. John Neighbors, John Neighbors has skills. Yeah? He does. He has skills. It's worth, it's worth the price of admission. Well, we're going to find out tonight. I can't wait to see him. All right, so let's talk about bowl games in Arkansas. But first, I want to get to something that has been a little bit of a contentious point around here. And a lot of it is our homerism for lawyers who are from Arkansas. But there's been a lot of discussion about Sam Pittman, who we believe loves Arkansas, who we believe wants Arkansas to be his last job, but who we also know now has switched over to Jimmy Sexton as his agent. Now, his former agent, obviously, is a local lady who's also got uh, an Arkansas uh, graduation on her resume. So we were a little partial to her. It's certainly, from a business standpoint, understandable. Nationally, was there any thought about that, or, or is there any thought about, I guess, what he should be making? Where should he fall in the pecking order after one really good year? Uh, I think in this market, asking for what he's asking for, 50 mil, um, it's, it's about market value, right? He, get, he revitalized the program. He injected some juice into it uh, through the COVID year, and then now what happened this season uh, getting them in the top ten at one point—that's what the market dictates. So I'm I'm okay with it. Hiring Jimmy Sex is—it's something that every coach does, right? Like it's either Jimmy or it's Trace Armstrong. It's one of those two, and it, it does not mean that he, but doesn't mean that he's trying uh, to go anywhere. It he's trying to maximize his value, and Jimmy does that. He does that in a variety of different ways. Uh, it's for, for Arkansas right now, if you're on the the come up, which they are, paying him that money is what you need to do because that's what big time programs do. And so I'm not, I'm totally fine with it. If he's earned it, he deserves it, and I hope he gets it because uh, if he does, that's a huge sign that he's there for the long haul. You said fifty million over seven years, eight, whatever. Seven, eight, whatever it is. Ten. Yeah. 220, 221, whatever it takes. Gotcha. Uh, signing day yesterday. What, what, what do you think about Dion and the, the news of flipping the number one recruit? <laughs> uh, no one expected that, right? Like, I think we all sort of expected the name, image, and likeness deal to 
have an impact, even though the the rules state that it's not. Uh, but I'm I'm fine with it. I, I think the idea going in was that the rich will get richer, and to a to an extent they did. I mean, it's the same you know 15 teams or whatever top the recruiting rankings. So having a, a guy like that go to Jackson State, I think is good. It shows that um, you know. Teams can compete. Now, not many FCS teams are going to have Deion Sanders or an Eddie George or whatever. Uh, so those instances, I think, are going to be limited and really are a product of unique circumstances. But, look, I'm all for it. And if you're Dion and if you're Travis Hunter, that's a way to say, all right, look, we're here now. We're going to be a package deal moving forward. And it legitimizes uh, Dion, right? I mean, I think – we know he's a good recruiter, obviously. We didn't know what kind of coach he'd be, but they're playing the Celebration Bowl on Saturday. And now we, kids are gravitating towards him. So uh, it's a great step for Dion getting a bigger job, which he will get at some point. Do you think, and I know part of it, this kid would like to be a trailblazer and encourage others to go to HBCU schools. you see this becoming a trend? Well, yeah, I mean, in certain situations, I don't think that just, you know, random five-star kid's going to decide to sign with random HBCU that doesn't have, you know, that kind of, of coaching draw and visibility. Because, you know, if, if a – let's just say Travis Hunter goes to, I don't know, Grambling, right? Like, I, I know they've had a history with Eddie Robinson, but it doesn't – nowadays that doesn't resonate. Will that happen? Probably not. Um, unless that school is coached by a legend, which obviously Jackson State and, and Tennessee State with, uh, with Eddie, you know, are. So it would take a unique set of circumstances, but the fact that it's even a possibility is a huge step forward for not only HBCUs, but just FCS in general. And, and so, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting sort of test to see, you know, how much does one top-tier recruit impact the future of Jackson State? Because they're going to be on TV a ton, not necessarily, you know, the, the, the main draw, but especially if you put them on on a weekday, on a Friday night, I guarantee you people will tune in yeah. for that. Bowl games are coming up, Barrett. Before we let you go, Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com joining us, by the way, for just tuning in. Arkansas has to wait until January 1, which is really, really nice for a change to be in any bowl game, yeah. certainly in January 1. Uh, we've got a couple on December 17th, and then we've got a whole slate of games. The BYU game surprised me about the line. It's They're only a seven-point favorite over UAB in the Independence Bowl. Any game that uh, jumps out at you, other than you already mentioned the, the Celebration Bowl, too, I'm looking forward to seeing Dion's team. Yeah, I'm at, yeah that's, uh, I am too, for, for sure. Um, you know, BYU-UAB is definitely interesting. The one I'm most excited about is Louisiana versus Marshall. I'm surprised. I think Louisiana is only a five-and-a-half-point favorite uh, or whatever in the New Orleans Bowl. We know they'll be a, they'll be pumped up for that game. I know Billy Napier obviously is moving on, but a chance for them to post their first 12-win season in program history. Um, and then also Utah State and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think – People don't realize Oregon State can run the dang football, and Utah State really hasn't done an awful lot of that lately uh, in terms of stopping the run. Uh, but it's in L.A. It's the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance. But about that one. We're, yeah, we're rooting for Utah State because of Blake Anderson, but every single person I've seen picking that game nationally likes Oregon State to not only win but to cover. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I think the matchup, uh, the, the matchup is bad for Utah State. Mm. Uh, but they're going to be super excited to be there. And yeah. generally speaking, that helps. But so will Oregon State. That's the thing is, is Oregon State, Jonathan Smith's going to want to go down to L.A. and prove, like, hey, look, guys, this is the program you want to play for. And I know the L.A. Bowl's not going to be highly attended, but whatever. Like, it's in Los Angeles. They've been around the city. Like, that's a big deal for Oregon State. Yeah. All right, we got to run. Barrett, appreciate it very much, and we will not talk to you next week, so I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas. And John Neighbors, I need to see video of him. Miss New Booty and Bombs Over Baghdad, both of those things. All right, well, there will be video all over the place. I don't know what he's going to sing, but we will definitely have video evidence of it one way or the other. So keep an eye on the socials. All right, right, buddy, thank you. See you.